Welcome in, Bengals fans, to the Who Day Den. I'm your host, Taylor, and it is a great time to be a Bengals fan. If you live in the city of Cincinnati, you feel the electricity in the air. Um, even if you're a fan of the team outside of the city, you, you, you've got to be flying high. you got to be on cloud nine after Sunday's win over Kansas City. And just the excitement right now feels like something we haven't felt around the Bengals in a while. Now there was of course excitement when Joe Burrow was drafted and you know, there've been little things along the way. I think even when Jamar chase was selected in the draft last year, like there's, there's been spurts of excitement, but they weren't always <laughs> related to the game being played on the field. It was, it was other things. And when you think back two years now to the draft and Joe Burrow being taken and the feeling it gives your team and your city as a fan, the hope. And I've talked about it before, the hope that this is the guy that's going to be able to take your team to the next level as the previous regime was unable to do. And seeing him topple over <laughs> in Washington last year, it was that familiar, here we go again. This is Cincinnati. This is being a fan of a Cincinnati sports team whether it's the Bengals, Reds, Bearcats, whoever you may root for, it always feels like it ends in a bitter way. And fast forward now, what, 14 months, and to be in this situation where you have a team that has locked up a playoff spot. They have locked up a home playoff game. And I just, I, I can't get over the fact that Joe Burrow did not have a full offseason last year uh, with the COVID stuff going on and then the injury and then uh, a full off season of just rehabs the slow start this year as he's he's really trying to get back into playing shape and getting his not just physically right but getting mentally back to where he needs to be I mean the guy is in the MVP conversation I I don't think he'll win uh, I don't even necessarily think he should win when you look at some of the other uh, candidates there but the fact that he's even in the conversation for an MVP in his second season hasn't even played two full seasons. He's played really one and a half seasons. Hasn't had the full off season with his team. Hasn't had a ton of cohesion in some of those areas, especially like along the offensive line. It is unbelievable to think that this team is scratching the surface, but it is a, a playoff berth in 2021 season is really just the start, hopefully, of a run of playoff berths. And not just getting to the playoffs, which we've we've had those stretches before where we get to the playoffs and, and then can't do anything. It's getting to the playoffs. It's winning the playoffs uh, or winning a playoff game. And we spent a lot of time talking about the, the Kansas City win uh, in the episode earlier this week. And eventually you got to move forward because it wasn't the end of the season. There's There's bigger fish to fry. But I think you can't understate the magnitude of that win, not just what it does for the city and all that stuff. But like as fans, I think that win helps heal old wounds that we have from, like I mentioned before, the previous failures, whether you're thinking the nineties and losing all the time, whether you're thinking of the time in the two thousands where we were getting to the playoffs and not winning, whatever past failures you want to think about that win felt like it healed some of those. 
I think the only thing that will really heal uh, us all together is a Super Bowl win someday. But for right now in this moment, we feel a lot better than we did uh, a week ago. And I think the win also is a, a nice little feather in your cap. And it's not just debating fans of rival teams, which is a fun thing to do uh, on social media is troll some of those other fan bases that uh, wish they were us right now. But I think it was a signature win. And the most important thing is that it, it proves that the the current iteration of the Cincinnati Bengals can get to a Super Bowl as early as this season. This is not just a promising team. And I think in my mind coming into the season, six or seven wins was an improvement on the previous two years. Maybe if you can sniff 500, that will then be a springboard to competing the next season. And it, it was kind of taking a, a baby step. And we sort of skipped over that. And we're going right to a playoff berth. And it's not just, okay, we've made it to the playoffs and and now we'll build from there, hopefully in the, in the coming seasons. It's right now, this team is a Super Bowl contender. They have to be with as wide open as really the entire NFL is, but especially the AFC. They, I think if you if you go out and look at whether you use The Athletic or ESPN or Sports Illustrated or whatever media source you use and look at various rankings of playoff teams or like The Athletic had an article out this week ranking the playoff teams most likely to make the Super Bowl, you will find no publication that has the same order of teams, especially probably the top four. Like They're all moving around. There is not a predominantly favorited team this year. There's just not. And in the Bengals hanging with Green Bay, now beating Kansas City, what team can't we beat? I, I'm sure there are matchups we prefer over others, but there is not a team that we cannot beat. We just beat a healthy Kansas City Chiefs. We didn't play them without Travis Kelsey. We didn't play them without Tyreek Hill, without Patrick Mahomes. We played a very rather healthy Kansas City Chiefs team and beat them, came back from double-digit deficits multiple times. And I think that that is my biggest takeaway from Sunday's win, is that it it sets us up in a position where... some Look at some of these teams that are, are vying to get into the playoffs, one of the last playoff spots. The fact that the Raiders even still have a chance to get in is, is baffling to me. It's been a weird season for them. But do you think Raiders fans feel like they can win the Super Bowl if they get in? They're trying to get into the playoffs to to feel good about making the playoffs. And if you lose the first game, at least you made the playoffs. Do you think the Steelers fans really believe that if they sneak into the playoffs that they're going to win the Super Bowl? I There's no way any sane Pittsburgh fan actually thinks they can win the Super Bowl. The Cincinnati Bengals are set up in a position where they very well can compete for a championship this year. Before we get to the playoffs, though, of course, we have to play our final game of the season against Cleveland. And I thought it was going to be an interesting conversation thinking about how do we approach the Browns this this week? Do you rest all your starters? Do you only rest some of them? Uh, who do you, How do you determine who's getting the rest, who's not? Um, you, do you play some of them for a half and then pull them? There's a lot to weigh there between the risk of injury if you play as well as there's a risk of being a little bit rusty maybe if you if you take a week off and then have to play in a playoff game I think the team is in especially offensively a really nice rhythm the last few weeks do you really want to interrupt that 
by having them rest. Those are things you have to think about. Now, maybe fortunately, maybe unfortunately, it depends on how you look at it. The decision's kind of been made for us, I think, due to the um, COVID sweeping through the team right now to a lot of key players. It's kind of been made for us, right? Joe Mixon, the latest now to to test positive, and he won't be playing. Joe Burrow in his press conference said, yeah, I'm not going to be playing, and we just hope, cross our fingers, that he does not get sick in the next week or two weeks or really the rest of the season. Uh, so it's been made for us. But is it the right decision? Is it the wrong decision? Decision. I don't think that I felt extremely passionate one way or the other before all of the, the, the uh, COVID absences came into play. When I was just thinking about what's going to set up this team best for week one of the playoffs, I would say maybe I leaned slightly towards resting, especially when you consider the Cleveland defensive line being a pretty good unit uh, headed by Miles Garrett. Our offensive line, I would say, is not the strength of our team. Do you really want to risk Joe Burrow getting hit back there, especially being dinged up lately with the the pinky and then his knee and whatever else is going on there. You don't really want to risk it. But what about Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Joe Mixon? Like, do you play those guys? Do you play some of them? I think now with with Burrow declaring himself out, Mixon's going to be out. Um, I, I kind of wouldn't be shocked to see Tyler Boyd play. I know getting to a thousand yards means a lot to him. And um, it, it would make sense for him to try to get that against the Browns. I'm sure that would be an awesome feat for him to accomplish uh, personally. But other than that, I think we're going to see a lot of the key starters rested on both sides of the ball. And this is going to be a week. I think another thing to think about there is not just the risk of injury in the game. Think of how many people are testing positive, how many players are testing positive the Monday or Tuesday after a game. We're seeing it this week. So you're not just risking injury, you're risking being in close quarters with somebody on the other team that has COVID that's going to pass it on to you, and then you're out for the playoff game. So I think it makes sense just to play it safe here. This is kind of uncharted territory for, it's not kind of, it is uncharted territory for Zach Taylor and most of the guys on this team, how to navigate a playoff run, the best way to set yourself up for the playoffs. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way necessarily because you can make arguments on both sides. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty, so you got to be prepared for you know, we rest guys this week and then come out really flat in uh, week one of the playoffs. And people say, yep, you shouldn't have rested guys. They should have kept their rhythm. That's going to happen. Uh, the, the the people are going to look back on it and doubt the decision if it doesn't go well. But I think resting the guys makes sense, especially, you know, Cleveland's resting Baker Mayfield. He's out. Um, but I, I think the fact that it's a rivalry game worries me a little bit as well. As much as I want to beat the Browns, uh, based on what happened earlier this season and generally my disdain for the Cleveland Browns fans. I don't know how sweet a win is really this week. We've already clinched. So it's really just icing on the cake. I also don't feel like if we lose this game, it's anything that uh, is to hang your head over about, okay, we lost to the Browns twice this year. Really, we lost one game and then the other one was a glorified preseason matchup. So yeah, bragging rights would be nice, but the fact that you're going up against a rival that I don't think is going to take it easy on us, like I don't think Miles Garrett is going to take it down a few notches because his team's out of the playoff race. I just don't want to risk that. I don't want to risk the 
any sort of extracurricular stuff that could happen resulting in injuries or anything like that. So looks like the Bengals hands been kind of forced a little bit with the COVID stuff, but all in all, I'm, I'm on board with that. And, and hopefully we can get a win with Brandon Allen back there. I think one of the most interesting things as I look forward a little bit to the playoffs is, and this is kind of open for interpretation and discussion, but where is this Bengals offense going to trend in the playoffs? Which game plan are we going to see followed more closely? Is it the Baltimore Kansas city game plans where we passed a lot, very pass heavy approach? Is it going to be more balanced? Is it going to be, try to establish Joe Mixon a little bit. There's really a few different ways this could go. And Andrew Russell uh, for PFF, he tweeted out this stat that the Bengals have thrown on 70% of their early downs. That's first or second down over the past two weeks. 70% of the time they're throwing on early downs compared to 51.6%. When you think about the majority of the season, it was first down, go under center, run a uh, wide zone play to hand off to, to Joe Mixon. And that's what we were doing to varying degrees of success. But the last couple of weeks, offenses has exploded. We've woken up and we're passing a lot on early downs. Is that going to continue? I don't know. I, I, I was curious about the pressure rate because it seems like if you're dropping back more with a uh, questionable offensive line, you're going to be taking a lot more hits. The pressure rate is up on Joe Burrow over the last couple of weeks. It's at 35.8% of his dropbacks he's pressured. That's compared to 32% weeks 1 through 15. So it's a slight increase. I can't find any evidence that he's taking more sacks the last two weeks than he did per game the first 15. So it's one of those things where I don't know what direction they're going to go. I think they're going to stick with a more pass heavy approach because of how things have gone the last couple of weeks. But there is, there is something to consider about Baltimore being down all of their corners and we were passing and that was the, the obvious weakness of their team. And then it felt like there was a little something extra there to get Joe Burrow, the record. And there was a little bit extra there to pile on a rival team. And that kind of led to extra passing in that game that maybe normally we wouldn't have seen. I think for Kansas City, there was something to be said about the fact that we did get down 14 to nothing. So even if Zach Taylor wanted to go run heavy, he didn't really have that option getting down by two touchdowns in that game and and being down by two touchdowns multiple times throughout the game. So we were almost forced into a pass heavy approach, although I think that's probably what they were they were going with anyways. When you start a game zero to zero and you're playing, we'll get into matchups later, but whether you're playing the Patriots or the Colts or somebody else, if their defensive backs aren't the obvious weakness on that team or passing isn't, you know, when I think about the Patriots and Colts, those aren't teams that I'm necessarily worried about putting up 30 plus points on me necessarily. I don't feel like I need to pass to keep up with them. Will we see a little bit more of a balanced approach? I don't know the answer to that, but that's that's probably the thing I'm most interested in to see. And one area where I've been pleasantly surprised the last two weeks, it kind of goes along with the throwing um, 70% of the time on early downs. That's how, that's where we've been using Joe Mixon a lot. He has 13 receptions the last two weeks. And in lieu of just running the ball under center on first and 10 every single time, 
we've been passing the ball on first down to Joe Mixon. And it, they, they really haven't been big gainers. Everyone will remember the 52 yarder um, against Baltimore is a third and four down the sideline. That's really the outlier here. If you look at his 13 receptions over the last two weeks, he's had one for three, three, nine yards, three yards, no gain, four yards, six yards, six yards, uh, four yards, two yards, one yard. He had a screen against Kansas City. They went for 20 and there was a holding on the call. So some of that yardage was negated. But there's not huge gainers there, right? Three, four, two yards. But at the same time, I kind of like that you are you're going that route to not just say we're going to run the ball every first down. It's going to say we want to get positive yardage on first down, whether that is accomplished by running the ball with Joe Mixon or whether it's accomplished by throwing to any of our receivers or throwing to Joe Mixon and getting three yards. Nine of his 13 receptions the last two weeks have come on first down. That's how they've been using him a couple of times play action from under center. Uh, and then he's gotten dump offs in the flat. I kind of like that approach. I kind of like to to use him as a pass catcher, as an extra weapon. And what we haven't really seen a whole lot of because of the way the last two games played out, Baltimore, we were trying to to get Joe Burrow a record, I believe. In Kansas City, we never really had a, a dominant lead at any point. We haven't been able to see what this team looks like playing with a, a lead where we can then ride Joe Mixon later in the game. It's been a while since we've seen that. But I'd be interested in a game plan that's heavy uh, pass early on, build up a lead, which would be be nice to enjoy for once a big lead. Again, Baltimore notwithstanding, uh, we had a big lead in that game as well, but get a big lead and then run Joe Mixon and kind of grind the clock a little bit from that way as well. We haven't quite seen that, um, but that would be interesting to see if that's how it plays out in the playoffs. And I talked about playoff opponents. It looks like the most likely scenario, and there are so many different ways this could go. I was playing with ESPN's playoff machine, and you can choose the winners of all of the games that are played. You can choose winners of them, and then it says, based on who you chose to win, this is what the playoff picture would look like. And there are many different ways this could go. It seems like the most likely is that we're playing the Colts or New England. They're kind of similar teams in that they're top 10 in rushing and bottom 10 in pass attempts. So they're of a similar makeup, right? I think Indianapolis, if you have a worry about them, it's that they have probably the best running back in the league in Jonathan Taylor, uh, who was at one point in the MVP conversation. I'm not sure he still is or not, but a very good running back. And then with New England, your your main concern is Bill Belichick, I think. And it's a valid concern. I guess, but I'm not sure either of those teams scare me too much. Again, I don't really think anybody in the AFC scares me. Would I be a little nervous playing Kansas City again? Sure, I know that would be a tough game, but as far as first round opponents, I'm not really scared of any team. I would say of the somewhat realistic options, Buffalo is probably the one I would least like to play. I worry a little bit about Josh Allen's ability to run the ball and of course his passing ability too. But look at Indianapolis, look at new England. I'm not really scared of either of their quarterbacks. We will have the better quarterback in the game, no matter who we're playing. I'm not really scared of their wideouts. I mean, Michael Pittman's had a nice year for the Colts. T Y Hilton is um, not the T Y Hilton of old new England's got like fine, like fine NFL players, but are you really scheming up? Jacoby Myers to stop him. 
Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. I'm I'm just not. Neither of those teams have a dominant tight end like we've been we've been hurt before with Kittle and we were worried about Kelsey. We did a good job bottling him up, but I would be worried about stopping the run. Unfortunately, or, or depending on how you look at it, unfortunately the Bengals haven't really had a ton of opportunities going against teams that are at the top of the NFL in rushing. The Ravens are fifth right now. Obviously, we've played them twice. It's kind of hard to look at that last game because we had such a big lead and Lamar Jackson didn't play. Tyler Huntley didn't play, and he even runs more than Josh Johnson does. So we held him to 39 yards, but I kind of discard that one because it seems like it is such an outlier. The Ravens' first matchup, even though we really had our way with them offensively, we did give up 115 rushing yards. I think Lamar had 80 or 85 of them. But that 115 was 25 yards below their season average. So all in all, we did a pretty good job. They didn't gouge us on the ground, and it was an easy win. Against the Browns, they're fourth right now in the NFL in rushing. When we played them, gave up 153 yards, which is above their season average by nine. So right around their season average. I don't want to put a lot of asterisks next to them because everybody could do that, but if you recall, we did give up one really, really long run. If you recall, we did get into a hole, which played right into their strengths of just running the ball with Nick Chubb. There was a lot of things that went favorable for Cleveland that game to rack up 153 yards. But 150 yards is 150 yards, and we lost that game. Um, so that's one that we can look at. And then the other one we had a, a top 10 uh, rush offense was the Niners. They're seventh right now. We gave up 100 yards rushing to them, 27 below their season average. Hard to draw conclusions from that one. I mean, Elijah Mitchell, who's their best running back this year, was out, missed that game. Um, so it, it's hard to say that we really did our job. I mean, we did. We only give up 100 yards. But again, it was against their backup running back. And the teams that have done a good job of running the ball against us, like Kansas City last week, kind of was having their way running it. I'm not really... Like, yes, the the running backs we would face probably for New England and definitely for Indianapolis is more talented than Daryl Williams and Derek Gore that we saw last week in Kansas City. But a lot of their success is due to the attention paid to Tyreek Hill, to Travis Kelsey, to, to the respect for Patrick Mahomes. That's not necessarily going to play out the same way against Mac Jones and Carson Wentz and the weapons they're dealing with. All that to say, I, I find it really hard to find a, a direct correlation between whether this this rushing defense is one that we should be concerned about if we have to go against a rush heavy team. I tend to think with DJ Reader, with Larry Ogunjobi, those guys in the middle, um, having Logan Wilson back, Jermaine Pratt. I like Von Bell in run defense. Mike Hilton's good in run defense for the most part. We've got guys that like Awuja, I trust him one-on-one -on -one with any of, of the guys on either of those two teams. Eli Apple can probably hold his own with guys, uh, the, the wide receivers on either of those two teams. Trey Wayne should be back, whatever role he's playing. I really don't think we're going to have to dedicate a ton of resources to stopping the passing game for either of those two teams. So it becomes a question of can Indianapolis, can New England keep up with Cincinnati? I tend to think not. Again, maybe we're a little bit uh, clouded in our judgment here because of the last two weeks and what we've seen. But for the most part, if, if even if our offense is not historically great with Joe Burrow setting records and Jamar Chase setting records, we've still had plenty of other, like the Ravens game. 
T Higgins. That was T Higgins game to go off. We've had Jamar Chase's game to go off. Um, we've seen Mixon being used more in the passing game. There are so many weapons that I think that is somewhat sustainable for us to have that type of offensive success without having a record setting week every single week. And I, I'm not sure that I'm too worried about those other teams being able to put up more than 24 on us. And if we're in the thirties, they're not going to be anywhere near us in the scoreboard. So I would say out of a matchup, I prefer out of those two. I don't, I don't really have one. I guess the Colts because people give Bill Belichick a lot of respect and, and rightfully so. But at the same time, he he's had most of his success with Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. So yes, Bill Belichick will scheme to stop Jamar Chase to try to confuse Joe Burrow. But look at our team. Like, stop Jamar Chase. We've got T. Higgins. We've got Tyler Boyd. There's so many ways that we can beat another team. I don't know that even if New England's defense being as good as it is, that they're going to be able to shut us down offensively. And even if we struggle offensively, neither of those teams, the Patriots or the Colts, feel like a team that is going to jump out to a 14-0 first quarter lead like Kansas City did. It's a game that we should be able to keep close. And if if need be, a couple of drives for our offense to get going and, and get into a rhythm, I think we would be all right. We'll know a little bit more. Actually, we'll know everything we need to know after this week's games play out. But exciting that we get to talk about a playoff matchup in the first week of January when I'm seeing... Lots of other teams talk about their potential coaching vacancies, the draft picks they might take, the scouting for for guys they want in the first and second round, what type of free agents they might go after because their season is over. It's it's over for them. We still have at least a couple of weeks here to continue rooting on our rooting on our Bengals. And to be honest, I like our chances to win a playoff game. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we preview our first playoff game once we know the exact matchup. If you haven't already, get yourself an AFC North uh, some swag, right? AFC North champion swag. So the Pro Shop has uh, some new orders in. You can get them online as well. I'm currently deciding between the long sleeve t-shirt or uh, they just got in, the Pro Shop uh, posted, they just got in some uh, toboggan hats that I, I kind of like them. So I'm going to get something. I'm going to spend $40 on a t-shirt, but hey, it's to commemorate this first AFC North title for Zach Taylor and company, hopefully first of many. Check those out as well. Thank you again for listening. The last episode smashed um, all sorts of <laughs> of records for us as, as the Bengals are setting records on the field. Hey, the Hootay Den out here doing our thing as well. So thank you for listening. Uh, for tuning in for for this season so far and hopefully we've still got a month to talk about Bengals games as we head into the playoffs for the first time in a handful of years until next time Bengals fans booty. day